I've shot underwater all over the world now, and water actually is a lot easier to shoot than um, over water as far as lighting goes. So I could get down there, shoot for like maybe 15 seconds, and then I need to start heading back up because it takes about 45 seconds to get down, 45 seconds to get up. Are you ready? Hi there, I'm Robbie, and you're watching or listening to the Lost Creator Podcast, a show where we interview some of the most unique and influential people in the content creation world in the hopes of inspiring you to escape the nine to five and live out your dreams. And uh, joining me today, we have Christian. Thank you for joining us. And uh, hi. hi, how's it going? And uh, and Josiah, Josiah, you're right there, buddy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sparkling water is really uh, nice. here to tell us all about uh, a very unique niche that um, that Josiah's tapped into, which is underwater photography. Uh, but Josiah, I'd really love for you to tell us more about it from your perspective. Underwater photography, um, like under photography, but under under it's under the water in, in liquid. <laughs> it's really nice. Um, I can I can I preface something before we jump into this? Yes. He is no joke. One of the best underwater photographers. Uh, you are you are literally like half fish, <laughs> and you are an. So first of all, underwater photography is very difficult. So when you see a beautiful photo like this, a video like this, and a photo like this, you might think to yourself, "Wow, that's beautiful." But what you don't see is a complexity. So you are in in the presence of one of the top underwater photographers, videographers. So buckle your seats. And uh, start saving because the underwater housing is going to break your bank. Man, I'm about to I'm about to disappoint y'all a lot after that <laughs> <laughs> after that build up. Um, so I tell us about it. Like, what's what's uh, sure. what got you into underwater shooting? Sure, sure. So um, all in. Did you just? So I yeah. went. Uh, I moved to Hawaii for college, and I was pretty broke and started uh, spear diving, spear fishing uh, while I was there. Was. I, well, I still do, but at the time... No, I, I meant the broke part. Oh, the broke. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's that's to be continued. Um, <laughs> and the spear fishing was as an activity, a hobby, so, or was it... Well, so when I, to... I was I was broke, so it's kind of what I would do on the side to, to eat. <laughs> and so, so I got really into diving. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, like, when I moved from Hawaii, I kind of lost that part of my life. I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, and I remember... Um, during that time I was I was doing photography and remember seeing um, other people doing underwater photos and remember telling myself like oh like I'll never be able to afford that like that would be really sick but um, that's just so out of out of the range of what I'm capable of doing as, as far like the as housing the housing how the much is it and then, I mean housings can go be I mean they're usually more expensive than the camera um, and they can range anywhere from three to ten grand yeah um, but um <laughs> I need to stop drinking this. Um over time, um yeah, I was I was able to afford one and um particularly like at the start of COVID, um I just didn't I was I, I was feeling a little bit burnt out uh with what I was doing. And so um started getting in the water a lot more just to dive. It wasn't even for photography in specific. Um and then really got uh, reestablished my love for the water. Um, and then, uh, got a housing, started shooting and, uh, yeah, it was like, it was really cool cause it, it's, it's completely different and it, uh, reinvigorated my love. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so this is so hard. The sparkling water is such a good thing for guests. I'm so glad there's not a bike on my ass right now cause I farted like four times. <laughs> 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 oh, 
stop drinking it. It's not gonna help. <laughs> oh man. Um. So, yeah. So anyways. Let me let me ask you, like, what are you currently shooting with underwater? So I use a R5 in the water with a Naughty Cam housing. Mm. Um, when the R5 first came out, there was actually a big a big thing about oh, you shouldn't shoot R5 in the water because of overheating. Like they were having a big overheating problem. But I have not a single time, and I've I've only shot with the R5 for the last like year and a half um, in okay. the water, and I've not had a single single problem with it so it's it's a really amazing camera to use yeah um, i water and like before that i think you were in the same one i'm currently using which is a 1dx combo with right. the delkin is it or no the uh you have an aquatech aquatech yeah. okay yeah i hate the aquatech. that that is Not it's it's you down but it's, no yeah you you did kill my buzz a little bit <laughs> but like it's the worst okay so okay. it's so bulky and so hard to shoot with okay i would i would say well so the Aquatech, the reason the reason I don't like it, um, it, it actually is very useful for a specific type of underwater photography, and that's surf photography. So it's made for surf photography. So if you're a surf photographer, it's actually very good. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're if you're going for like depth, um, which I don't think you can take the Aquatech more than like 15 feet or like seven meters or yep. something along those lines, and and you can actually hear the housing start crackling if you go if you go anything further than that so it's just it's not made it's what mm -hmm. it's made for right it's it's made for yeah. surf photography it's made to be kind of robust and light because mm -hmm. um, compared to compared to most other housings the aquatic actually is quite light mm. um, like the housing that i have probably weighs double or triple what an aquatic would weigh mm -hmm. um and just, oh, sorry. Just, just, I mean, just for a moment, let's like scale back on okay, the actual okay, okay. Te technicality of <laughs> sure, the sure, of sure, the sure. of the yeah, sort yeah. of brands and and sure. and I'd like to know actually before even going into the photography aspect of it, sure. I'd like to know a little bit more about the actual diving parts. Um, obviously, you, you'll be doing depending on the type of shoot, you'll actually either be doing some sort of level of free diving or you'll be scuba. Mm -hmm. um, so talk us through that a little bit as well. Uh, it differs. So uh, I actually really enjoy free diving, and I was a free diver before I was an underwater photographer. Um, and, uh, so, uh, a lot, a lot of it has to do with time. So if, if like, for example, I did, uh, I did a short film, um, and I almost completely shot the short film while I was scuba diving, except for a few scenes. Uh, and the reason for that was so I could stay in place and be in one place and get the shots that I needed to get, um, in a video format. Cause, and, and, and we shot. 75% of the film at uh, 30 meters, which is like 100 feet. Um, so it makes it a lot more difficult to do that free diving because um, you just you need the time to be. And your your actor, there. he has no scuba tank. Right. So the um, uh, so our our actor is Chelsea and Sam, who did an incredible job. Uh, I mean, this is really technical and like goes into the line of like I have to say like don't don't try it at home <laughs> in the sense of like a lot could go very wrong, but uh, we were fortunate enough to have like um, a pretty big team on that shoot. So we had a lot of safety divers and stuff. So, but we, we, we would go down, tank off, take off their tanks and then we would feed them oxygen between takes. Um, and so that's how we were bas basically able to stay down there and do the shots that we needed to do. So they never had to resurface. They stayed down the they whole stayed time. Down, well, they stayed down the whole time. Um, it, it was a, I mean that, that video in specific was very interesting because we only had, I mean, you, you only get a max bottom time at 30 meters of like, it, cause we all had each one tank. Um, so our max bottom time each day was 20, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can't do another dive 
at that depth for that amount of time. So we'd have to wait a full another day before we could film 20 minutes again. So it was, it ended up being like eight days of filming and 20 minutes each day. So we were filming like two to three scenes each day. Mm-hmm. So it ended up being this like really slow, like grueling process. So like, just like imagine like you're doing, you're doing a video and you can only do three shots for the video per day. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's kind of stressful because you're like on a time limit. It's like, oh, are we going to And people it? can die. Yeah. Yeah. And people could die. Yeah. It's a really rubbish time to find out that you left the lens cap on. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, or dust on the lens. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it ended up working out. And a lot of that was was because of the incredible team we had. But mm-hmm. but yeah, to answer your question, like, um, yeah, some stuff can be super technical. Like um, the scuba dives, usually I prefer free diving. Um, I have a lot more mobility in the water. Um, like, let's say my positioning is off. It's really easy for me to get into a better position. I use scuba diving primarily for like really, really set up scenes and shots that are a bit deeper that um, it would be harder for me and the model to get to and have at least a minute to shoot. Um, most of the shooting that I do is around 50 feet, 40, 50 feet. And um, uh, for that, I'm, I almost always free dive, um, and we'll have, you know, it's, it's also very dependent on the model that you're shooting with. Uh, but you'll have anywhere from, uh, you know, 45 seconds to a minute and a half to where you're in the spot that you need to be, get your stuff, head back up, see if it looks good. You're free diving to 40, 50. Yeah. And I mean, I could a spotter there with oxygen for you or you're just constantly researching. No, you're just constantly. Re- so that's free diving free diving. That's Scuba wild. Diving would be the. Oh, I mean, especially 50. with the housing and like. Well, I mean, like right now, I'm I can comfortably get to about a hundred and do a shoot if I need to with with um, without a tank without a tank. But the problem, but yeah. the problem is, it's like you get down there, it's a lot darker. Yeah, it's a lot like so. So I could get down there, shoot for like maybe fifteen seconds, and then I need to start heading back up because it takes about forty five seconds to get down, forty five seconds to get up. Like in that range. Wow, your breath um, hold is amazing. Have you ever well, timed your your breath hold? Yeah, I'm like. What's your right your now? Static? My static is around like four four and a half minutes. <gasps> Whoa, the deal. I'm so I'm one of those people. Like when I watch a film in the cinema and someone, ha- you know that they're about to go for like they have to to mm-hmm. survive. Have to. I always like try to hold, hold my breath, breath with them. See. I I never last longer than like maybe 30, 40 seconds, <laughs> and and then you'll like audibly hear me gasp in the audience like. <laughs> Um, so do you do that thing where you go through a bridge or under a tunnel and you're like, <gasps> you hold your breath until you drive out the other side? No, I haven't done that one. Hypothetically, if you did, you'd smash it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Um, well, so, okay. So here's the thing. People, people don't realize this, but basically any, unless you have like a lung condition, anyone can hold their breath for three minutes easily. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you like, and that's without any training. Um, and then it, as you start training it, because so like for me to say, you know, four, four and a half minutes, actually it's like quite average or not even that great in the free dive world. Um, so I mean, everyone is capable of doing three minutes, um, if they put their mind to it, mm-hmm. um, pretty easily actually. Uh, so, and, and I don't train that much. Like I just like really the only time I'm training is when I go on a shoot and that's like, you know, not like finger quotes trading. Um, but, but yeah, I mean like, uh, I, I highly recommend like uh, free diving is becoming um, a lot bigger recently, mm-hmm. um, and it's and it's really really cool. I, I really enjoy it. Um, and and going and doing an actual like free dive training course, I highly recommend because you learn a lot about your body. Um, and it's very very interesting. Like um, like even the fact that um, you know humans in a way were uh, were all made 
to go into the water to some degree because as soon as your face touches the water, like your nose goes under, you have this thing called the dive reflex and your heart rate slows and you're, and so you have all these like, like, uh, like kind of how your heart beats without you, without you like physically trying to make your heart beat. Right. It's so it's instinctive. like, insti- like these things just kind of happen within your body. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, it's just, it's just very, very interesting. Um, one of my favorite shoots I've ever seen is the one you showed me where you were in Tulum and the cenote and I'll, I'll play the clip if Josiah gives us permission. Otherwise we just, just, just picture it, you know, maybe just has me like, you can't use it. You can use it. I can use it. Sick. <laughs> There's this man upside down in the cenote, but the camera's upside down too. So from the, it's like a forced perspective of a man who's walking on this like very, you know, extraterrestrial surface. But the coolest part was, and you said this was an accident. You were using oxygen and then the bubbles were getting trapped on the roof of the cenote. And at first you were like, damn it, like this is such a mess. But then eventually you said enough of it got trapped there that it just created that you know that look yeah it looked like it looks like water puddles in the water but it was actually like air puddles it's kind of it's kind of hard to wrap like because basically air's trying to rise right so um so you have this wall of this cave where the air's rising but then it's forming into these little holes on this on the top of the cave and it looks like it looks like water puddles, but you're underwater, so it doesn't really make sense. It's, so it's really, cool. it's really interesting. Yeah. So, so the, these um, shoots that we've kind of basically touched on, uh, they're mostly in, to some degree, like open water or, or some sort of like lake or some sort of, um, uh, you know, very deep water, not, let's say, a pool or like, let's say, a, a, a place where you might have a little bit more control with lighting or um, that, that more technical side you're, you're a little bit more at the mercy of the lighting on sure. location i mean it varies right so i mean i've shot underwater all over the world now um and water actually is a lot easier to shoot than um over water as far as lighting goes um because because as soon as you get in the water you always already have a diffused environment so even if it's like midday you know the light's already diffused and hmm. pretty evenly and the deeper you go, the more diffused it becomes. But then there's, of course, the deeper you go, the more color you lose. You know, so there's all these different aspects to it. But mm-hmm. um, as far as lighting goes, I actually really like um, how underwater looks, just because it's very, very, um, very natural looking and very like you're not really, you're not really getting these like blown out environments or like like mm. this is really bright and this isn't really bright like you would get over land if you're shooting midday like everything's pretty even you know unless there's like a light beam or something like that but then that in itself is very easy to expose for right because yeah. it's like it's just one place yeah. that is yeah. and, that, and that's the purpose of the shoot so how do you color grade it because that's that's one of the challenges of like you know i think red light doesn't go as far in the water right. so, so you lose your reds the fastest right yeah so you lose you, you lose red pretty quickly like i don't know if you guys have ever scuba dived but like if you go down 15, 20 feet and you cut yourself, I've done this a few times, like you'll cut yourself and you'll be looking at the blood coming out of your hand and it's blue and it's so weird. Wow. <laughs> it's like, but you just like literally just completely lose that color spectrum. Mm-hmm. And so as far as editing goes, I mean, there's, man, this this could be like a 45 minute talk as far as like color theory and stuff like this. But um, editing wise, like I usually try, sorry, I usually try my best to, um, keep, uh, keep a natural looking blue. Cause obviously blue is going to be the dominant color. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as like, if I'm shooting with a model or something like, uh, you want to have skin tones, the, the sunnier it is, uh, the easier it is to compensate. So the more light that's shining onto the skin, 
uh, the more colors that you can bring out. Um, I've seen a lot of photographers uh, uh, try to color grade underwater stuff, and and the first go-to reaction is to paint in the skin um, and bring out like oranges and stuff like this. But it's very very easy to go overboard because um, because yeah. my style and the way the way that I go about things is I want things to look as natural as possible and realistic as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon, as soon as you start painting and things like this, like you, it's, it's really easy to make it look like an edited photo. And it's like, you don't, yeah. uh, and, and that's like the goal for me is like, you don't want it to look edited. You so you embrace to. the desaturation of, of reds. You just kind of lean into a white and blue look. Yep. So like, I, I mean, personally, I love, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that I post ends up just being black and white because I love that look in the water. Um, uh, but it's just really depending on the the look that I'm going for, the shoot itself. Like sometimes I will actually paint in um, some of the skin tones, but it's very, very minor to the point where like you wouldn't really know that I did mm-hmm. uh, just because they look like like Smurfs. Um, right. So like you, you don't you, you don't necessarily want that. Like mm-hmm. you don't want someone looking blue, um, but there's ways to go around editing and doing these things to make it so it looks a bit more natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think that's the main goal is natural as possible. So... So when it comes to color and stuff like this, it's like, you know, um, mm-hmm. view the place when you see it. And then when you're when you're editing it, you know, try and remember how it looked in person and, mm-hmm. and uh, find find that look within Lightroom or Photoshop or whatever. Yeah. It is that you use. seems like there's a bit of a barrier to entry, though, that you even talked about is the, is the cost. I mean, you have now what's probably closer to a ten thousand dollar water housing. I have the one I have is a two thousand dollar one but it's not quite safe for bringing down that deep. Sure. Now, if you were to look at the easiest way to get involved today, it would be a GoPro. But yep. tell me, what could you do what you do today with a $400 action camera? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, not not to, what's the right word? Like uh, convenience, not at the same convenience level. Because now, I mean, for me, shooting in the water is basically the same as me shooting above water. I have access to everything that I need. It's it's the flick of a button if I need to change my ISO or aperture or whatever. It's just right, all right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if I'm shooting with an action camera, it's a, a bit more involved in the sense of, okay, getting the settings right, whatever. Because you can't really do it on the go. Like if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, like with an action camera, you actually have to be above the water to be able to change settings and stuff. Like yeah, that. pretty much. So it's like you kind of have to be ready for the shot. Like there's no there's no room for error. Um, but a photo is a photo, right? So it's like you can you can definitely you can definitely do things. Like I just like some incredibly talented photographers that I know only use their iPhone, mm-hmm. uh, and it's so it's 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 not like it's there's a uh, you're incapable of doing something, but it's definitely a lot harder and, um, and you have a lot less opportunity, um, for like when it gets into like niche, the niche realm of like, let's say, um, you know, there's like this flowy fabric or something like this. And I want to make sure I capture every moment of it in high resolution. So Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, you miss out on some of the niche things, but if it, and just in general, like you want to get a good photo, like, yeah, sure. Like, um, Mm-hmm. I mean, use what you have, right? It's like, if it's something that you really want to do um, and you want to test out for yourself that it's something that you're capable of doing, uh, for sure, why not Why not try it? Um, and you definitely aren't going to be able to do everything that you want to do, but you definitely can try, you know, so. Yeah. 
Just I'm, I'm also curious because you've, you've I mean you've managed to work with the likes of um, Corona Beer, um, American Express, OnePlus, and um, Mercedes as well. What's um, what's the creative process there like in terms of like pre-planning? Most, most of the time, most of the times when you're on a on land shoot, you've got the opportunity to go and do a recce. You kind of get an understanding of the location, can take some like quick um, idea or concept shots. Underwater is going to be slightly more difficult. It's more time-consuming. It's more expensive, arguably as well. So what's the creative process between saying you know, here's what we're after and uh, being able to deliver on that. Um, I mean, it's it's quite similar, to be honest. Like, um, you know, you just 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 as much as you can go uh, go to a place on land and scope it out. You can do that in the water as well. Like if you have a if you have a specific spot that you like or you want to check out lighting at this time of the day or what this looks like. Um, I mean, I think I think it's very, very similar. Uh, I usually like my creative process, especially when I'm working with brands. Um, is I come up with uh, uh, one or two concepts that I'll send them and be like, hey, this is this is kind of what I'm looking for. And I'll usually create a mood board uh, via like Pinterest or something. And I'll find these different aspects and give them, you know, the mood that I'm going for um, and then pitch it, pitch it kind of in that way. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I don't I don't really find that it differs. Sorry, you're good. I don't really find that it differs too much from uh land photography in that in that sense when it comes to pre-planning and planning and stuff like this for me the most difficult part has always been uh uh, who it is that you're shooting like the the like particularly if i'm shooting with a model right because underwater like people people above land uh, just because you're a model doesn't mean you can model in the water basically is what i'm getting at um and uh it's very difficult and it's and and because you're in a completely different environment so i've uh, I've been very blessed to meet um, incredibly talented uh, models that uh, I, I kind of go back and shoot with over and over again. Like those, they're like my go-to people. So if I have a bigger project, particularly, um, I know who to hire, and I don't leave it up to chance of hiring yeah. someone random that Has I that don't happened where you showed up to the shoot and they just could not perform. Yeah. So there's there was one. Um, um, I did a. Uh, a perfume ad um, and uh, got to the shoot hired because uh, it needed to be a male model and he's and and the, and the guy's an incredible freediver he's actually like a world record holder uh, and but he's just not a model right and so so we got we did the whole like scuba tank thing um, and uh, rightfully so he just wasn't comfortable doing it and like didn't wasn't wasn't really like because I mean you have to imagine you're 100 feet underwater um, I had it where we were wearing normal clothes. So you had like jeans and a white button up on. Um, so it's quite cold. Mm. And then, and then you take your mask off. You can't see anything. Mm-hmm. You're a hundred feet in the water and you're completely left up to the mercy of this guy feeding you oxygen. Bruh. Right. So it's like, <laughs> so it's, so it's scary and it's uncomfortable. And if you've never done it before, then like, obviously, obviously it's, it's, it's very hard to be comfortable right away. Um, but I just, I, I was, I was on a time crunch, didn't have much time. So I asked one of my friends to do it. Um, and yeah, it just didn't work out. And so, and so, uh, the next day I just did it like, and I had my friend, uh, take the photos for me. And so I ended up being like the underwater model, which was pretty hilarious. Um, you nailed it though. I know what photo you're talking about. It looks so good. Thanks man. Yeah. It was for, uh, yeah. Perfume ad. Yeah. It was a perfume ad, yeah, but, super cool. um, but yeah, for, for the most part, I like, I really, I, I have, I have run into that issue before where, um, you have like this plan and you have the shot in mind and you've run it over with everyone and everything looks good. And then you get in the water and then, um, 
and then there's just like this uncomfortability in the water and that's very difficult. So, mm-hmm. so I'm much more apt to working with people who I've worked with before and who I know to be uh, comfortable and comfortable with me as well. Cause I think that's important also. Um, any, any breath hold tips? Breath hold tips. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, just hold it. Would be, yeah. Just hold it, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, that's try, a, try not to die. That's a, that's a, just give it a shot. Just give it a try. Breath yeah. hold tips. I mean, yeah, I guess I like for me, I always, I always get better by doing it. Right. So like, I mean, if, if, if free diving is something that interests you, just like go do it and, um, and then go to like uh, the best tip I can get is go to, go to a free dive course. Like, I think those are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They taught me quite a bit in that session. Right. So it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, th- I think that's the best thing you can do cause, cause then you actually like learn and then you have the knowledge to then continue to work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of confidence too, right? It's like uh, a lot of people they're the biggest thing holding themselves back. Of course, you know? yeah. Of course. Three minute breath hold may be the average person's ability, but they'll probably give up after forty five uh, yeah, seconds. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But then, it, yeah, it's confidence and comfortability. So the more the more comfortable you are, because for a lot of people, the water isn't a very natural environment that they're normally in. So, mm-hmm. but once once you become more comfortable in that environment, you quickly realize like, yeah. oh, like this is. That's Robbie's habitat. He loves bathtubs. Uh, I, I love Always a taking bath. Baths. I love a bath. Nice. Mm-hmm. Love it. Is, is bath photography a thing? Like, do you think he has a place for him in this I mean, industry? Definitely in Bali. Like, you just throw some flowers in there and you're good. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah. Beautiful. You're saying on a market. Hair, yeah, right, right. My nipples. Be beautiful. De- definitely yeah. want to cover the nips. <laughs> yeah, I mean, read the nips, though. Come on. I mean, someone's going to subscribe to your OnlyFans. It won't be me, but yeah. Yeah. And so, only feet. Yep. Great breath uh, work tip. Now, what about a photography tip specifically for underwater? Um, photography tip for underwater. <laughs> Don't forget to take the lens cap off. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um, man, this is a this is a tough one. Just to just like one thing. Um, I would say I would say if you if you plan on on shooting with someone, um, particularly with a model, uh, always always make sure, uh, especially if it's someone that. Is it's like their first time being in the water. Always make sure you're being affirmative, and I guess this goes for above or below. Is like always be affirmative to the person that you're working with because it's very very difficult mm-hmm. to look natural and act natural in the water. So um, being very nice and affirmative in the water goes that extra extra mile. Because at the end of the day, when someone becomes comfortable, that's when they're that's when they shine the most, right? So mm-hmm. it's like if they're uncomfortable and you and you come up like, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. It's like, it's like pretty jarring. And so, mm-hmm. um, oh, excuse me, was that me or you? Oh, uh, it's, our, uh, it's our next podcast. <laughs> uh, what? Okay, sorry, sorry, you were saying about uh, the um... right. So I, I think uh, I mean I guess it's not like a camera tip, but no, no, good I, one, I think I think uh, making making sure there's a comfortable and safe environment for the people that you're working with goes a really long way into creating the the best photos or video because um, you're going to get the best out of them by creating a comfortable space for them because mm-hmm. um, being comfortable in the water is one of the most difficult things. And um, if you can, if you can, be a part of bringing them that comfortability, then you've done your job well as a photographer. Let me ask you this. If a viewer wants to get into underwater photography, but they don't have, you know, thousands of dollars laying around, 
and they want to take it a step beyond the GoPro because maybe it lacks dynamic mm. range or maybe they just want a bit more, you know, ability to control. What would be the next step up? Like, what is the, the next price tag? Well, there's a couple different things, right? So, I mean, one thing I did was I bought an underwater film camera and I think it was like 300 bucks. Uh, of course, it's not digital. It's very different, but mm. that's something that you can do. Um, you can also, I believe it's called Seafrog is a is a company you can get and they're actually built you know uh to where you can go a bit deeper uh they're not the uh, i have a few friends that have them and travel with them they're very very light and easy to get around it's a camera or a case it's a case okay it's a case um um, and they make them for pretty much every every camera model i think they're around like anywhere from a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars okay um and then there's there's other things that they have um i think the company is called altex um, and it base it's basically just like a big rubber seal that you put on your camera that has like a little dome on it. Oh, uh, like a like a deca pack too. They yeah yeah something along those lines. Um, Altex is the one that I've seen to be probably one of the more uh, safe options. I guess um, I have a few friends that use those, and they're you know you can pack it to where it's like this big, so mm-hmm. it's easy to travel with. Um, I've actually thought about getting one for myself when when I'm traveling and don't want to carry around like a suitcase for my housing. But yeah, you just you just throw you can just throw that in your bag, and it's yeah, it's basically like just like this rubber seal with like a little glass port that you put on the end of it, and okay, a port yeah, yeah, on the back. Those uh, are cheap, put, right? I mean, cheap as in you know, it's cheaper than you know getting a five thousand dollar housing, but they're around like anywhere from five hundred to eight hundred dollars. Oh, it's still pricey. It's still pricey. Yeah. I mean, anything underwater is going to be pricey. So, yeah. but but it is a, a substantially cheaper than going out and getting like a full-blown housing yeah yeah i was with pierre lambert diving in uh where were we in tanzania Mm -hmm. uh and he (laughs) had his a71 inside like a like one of those plastic deca packs so we were going down to like 10 meters and he had it inside a 100 or 200 dollar a little plastic case really i don't recommend it because even though you might save money on your container it's uh, it's kind of like rolling the dice, and there's a mm-hmm. chance that either a, a piece of sand got stuck in the the dome port that you twist on, or anything at that depth. It takes so little for a leak to turn into an explosion of yeah, water, yeah. and so you can destroy your gear. These, and then these things that I'm talking about too. right now, like these these Altex that could pack things, they're not made to go deep at all. They're made to mm-hmm. they're made to repel water. Right. So they're made to like you can dunk it in the water, but. Mm. As you know, the deeper you go, the more pressure you have. So it's mm-hmm. like these things aren't made to handle any sort of pressure. Same with the Aquatech. It's like it's not made to handle pressure. Mm-hmm. It's just made to make your camera water repellent. Right. Um, so yours is rated for how deep? The Nauticam. I think the Nauticam, it's it's pretty crazy. It's like 120 meters or something like that. Oh, so my like 300 God. Feet probably. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, like it's made... It's made so you can basically take it wherever you want to go. Does it have a little beeper when you get moisture inside yep. of it? It has a beeper. It has a... So, like, when it comes to housings, you you pay for what you get, right? So, it's like, when I put when I put my my camera in the Naughty Cam, I feel safer with it in there than I do anywhere else. So, it's like, mm-hmm. I have never once worried about my Naughty Cam leaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, like, a lot of safety measures to it. It has that, it has that beepy thing, mm-hmm. and then it also has, like, a seal so I can completely vacuum-tight shut it. So, like, like, there's literally no way... Oh, you vacuum it shut? You vacuum it shut. Wow. So, like, literally the only way water could get in that thing is if I, like, like ram it up against a rock and the, the glass breaks or something like okay, that. Wow. So, it's, like... Cool. It's, it's, yeah, they're pretty impenetrable. Yeah. yeah. 
what about, because you obviously mentioned working with teams as well. What about communication? How does it work when something needs to change, something needs to differ, or there might sure. be a, an emergency happening? Sure. So with, uh, I mean, that's that's more for the scuba diving realm. Um, for free diving, you just, once you get up on the water, you tell them something, right? So yeah. It's like you just communicate that way or... Or it's like minor. <laughs> Go up to talk. That yeah, was, that was rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it's just like it's just like minor, minor things. Like if you're if you're free diving in the water and you like, you know, you just do a little hand signal and they kind of. But when you work with someone, people naturally kind of already know what you mean. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, if you're working with someone for the first time, yeah, it's like you could be doing something and they're like, what? What is this? Every time I dive with people, they keep giving me one of these. What does that mean? <laughs> I mean, is that sea turtle or <laughs> sea turtle? <laughs> um, but when you're scuba diving, um, for a lot of these shots, everything's pre-planned. So, um, uh, for for the film I did, for example, like we would go down and we would have like the three or four shots that we were going to try and do that day, and we would uh, we would create hand signals for each shot that we were trying to do. So I would do my hand signal so the team would know exactly because we ran it through on top so we did the hand signal of you know whatever it's going to be they would get into position and if we did the scene and it didn't quite work out and we wanted to do it again i would just do the same hand signal we'd we'd run it until i switched the hand signal and so they know we have we have them memorized for what the next scene is going to be and then and then beyond beyond specific scenes there's also general diving signals that everyone knows like you know this means go up this means go down yeah this means not good you know what i mean so like so like there's just the general the general things that you already know as a diver that you would learn uh when you're taking classes to become a scuba diver what's the what's the signal for someone sort of like floating on top of the water i think that's the signal in itself okay yeah Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it means they're ready for round two yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) well guys if uh if you want to see more incredible dive footage uh i mean there's nowhere else to look uh his instagram account is the place to go it's at lost creator academy Yeah, just kidding. But you you should totally check his Instagram out. It's full of inspiration for. Oh, sorry. Bloody hell. He, he's a gentleman. He is a, a sophisticated man and, and an even better dive, dive photographer. So yeah, we'll have his Instagram right here. It's at Josiah G Gordon. Josiah W G. It's okay. W G Gordon. W W G. Not W G Gordon. It's just Josiah W G. Yeah, yeah. He's a G. So check it out. However, before we go, do you want to? You. Oh yeah, we do have one last you, thing for are you. you signaling for. Okay, just just re re. Three minutes is all we need. Okay, three minutes we is all we need. We have a redemption story. We have a redemption story. We know each other, um, uh, Josiah, from having raced uh, in uh, Mexico, and you very famously were able to not only eat every single one of the bugs. Um, <laughs> we you, got more. You you took a you no. took a you took Are you a serious bro. Yes, you took um you took a slash inside of a bottle whilst you were in a moving car as well. You're very uh, known for that. But lastly, I got to say you were very very famous for doing an incredible rendition of La Bamba um, on the on the race which you famously also got a wah, 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 wah from the violinist. Mm. So, we've got a little redemption story here for you. He I've, says very famously. Is this the video that got like 5,000 views on no, I got like three. <laughs> um, I have um, I have the lyrics here for for La Bamba for you and uh, and some some music. So I was hoping that you might be able Dude, to. I'm not doing that. To redeem yourself. <laughs> I'm not doing. Here you that. go. <laughs> okay. Because we uh, we absolutely all love uh, all of this. So um, here you go. You ready? No. To I'm give not it a doing go. This. <laughs> Are you ready? And podcast ends. <laughs> <laughs>
Come on, Josiah. Redeem yourself. Come on. I can't do this, man. <laughs>